This is part of being live, guys. This, you know, this stuff. Oh, it's up. Oh, it's up. Oh, it's loud and clear. All right. All right, everyone. Welcome back officially to the um, Three of Seven podcast. If you're watching live, you're going to have to go after this is over and listen to the audio version if you want to hear the bonus conversation that went on before our tech guy could go live. And okay, our tech guy is now really full of himself because there was a video that released on YouTube just last week about a day on the range where the tech guy made his debut on video and he crushed everyone on the range. And then I went back and read through the comments and everybody's saying, the tech guy is so awesome. The tech guy needs to put out more content. Was the tech guy a Navy SEAL? Was it all this about the tech guy? And, uh, and so now he has went and created his own video on the YouTube channel. His first... You look so- at it and start my own channel. <laughs> solo. Yeah, exactly. So now he, he's really full of himself this morning. But we've sat here now for the last, what, 10 minutes waiting for him to do his job so that we could start this podcast. Hey, look, man, when you show up and you hit record and you say, what, we ain't live? (laughs) (laughs) If you want to hear the first 10 minutes of the conversation, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll have to go back after I post this on audio. Dude, your your eyes are so puffed up, I can't even take you serious right now. (laughs) Well, guys. If you you keep talking to him that way, I'll leave. I'm I'm glad you're here. I want to start this podcast off not talking about the what we just did which we'll get into here in a little bit i want to start this podcast off by thanking every one of you guys that watch and listen this and listen to this podcast because let me tell you what has happened a week ago we put out the information for the rite of passage the rop course okay i have had hundreds of people roger up to participate in that training. I've I've I have like I don't even know how many emails, but I have a bunch in the inbox. You guys have sent in your application, you've rogered up, you're committed to training, and you have no idea how much that means to me. Um and let me tell you, let me tell you what I get out of that. We spend a lot of time doing this show right here every week and the fact that we can put out a training mission or a a challenge to you guys and then you respond the way that you respond tells me that we are doing this podcast and putting out this information to people that matter to people that want to get better to people that want a challenge and this is reaching the right type of people. And that really inspires me. It makes me want to do this show. When Because here's the thing. When I first put out, when I first called Chili and said, hey, man, what do you think about this rite of passage training? He said, man, I love it, but it's going to scare a lot of people off. He said, "There's, it, it, you can put it out, but there's probably not a lot of people gonna gonna roger up for something like this." And I thought the same thing, but you, the overwhelming response that we see from you guys, the listeners, 
is just it it's it makes me want to keep doing what we do. It really does because it tells me we're reaching the right people. Now that being said, probably 10,000 people have listened to that episode about the ROP course. Probably 200 have applied. Maybe plus or minus, I don't know the exact number. That's 2% if we're at 200. Isn't that 2% chili? I didn't pay attention to so, the numbers you said. Uh, 10,000 200 of 10,000, that's 2%, right? Yeah. So if you applied, you're part of the 2% of people that I do this podcast for. All right? The, the, the people who come to the 307 podcast for purely for entertainment, that's fine because this is an entertaining show. But I don't really freaking care about you. Just to be honest with you. I care about the people who are here to to share, listen, learn, grow, push. I'm not a freaking entertainer. I just want to thank you guys. That's what I wanted to start this show off with because I talked to Noah about it on the way down as I saw the applications rolling and I said, man, this is really freaking awesome because there ain't nothing easy about that block of training. The rite of passage is going to be hard. I mean, it's going to be real hard. And to see you guys, Roger, up for it. I don't know. Does that make you guys feel good as as it makes me feel? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I'm. I mean, <clears throat> I I don't. It would be interesting. You would really have to examine yourself if you if we did all this and put out training and and you know put effort into it and then nobody wanted to ever do it it would be i mean that that would reflect more on us than than the people yeah it's like what what type of people are we drawing well and and like why why is what we're putting out not not interesting anybody like it's you know what what's the you know you would have to look at yourself for that but i mean when there is that much interest in um that's pretty awesome i'm so pumped about that course man me too i think (laughs) Yeah, I, I wish there were more dates in 2023. I know. I know. So, that being said, thank you guys. I love you. Uh, okay. Well, introduce people who you're talking about here. Okay. We, we have a special <laughs> guest on the podcast, uh, Noah Bunch. We're going to call Noah NB because I've started calling Jonah JB. <laughs> you guys may have heard Jonah Bunch on the podcast a, a while back. Jonah's a, cl- a good friend of ours. Uh, and has been through the proving grounds. We met him there. Then Jonah did the paddle, the paddle mission, and we just became close friends. And Noah is Jonah's younger brother. And Noah, about two months ago, NB, I mean, about two months ago, NB was out volunteering for the three seven project trail race. And we got done with the race, and we were all just hanging out at the house afterwards. And I said, hey, MB, I got a bicycle race coming up in two months. You should sign up for it and do it with me. And he didn't even have a bicycle. Yeah, didn't even own one. Really? Yep, didn't own a bike. I thought you'd already been riding. I thought that's that's why you were interested. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I thought you were into it. 
He, no. no. <laughs> I went and bought a bike. What the world? <laughs> so two months ago, NB went out and bought a bicycle. Yep. Started training. He had, what, eight weeks to train. Yeah. Bought all of his bags, his equipment, and uh, came out and did this mountain bike. What's funny, it sounds like he trained more than you on eight weeks and you had eight months. <laughs> oh, he did 100%. <laughs> When, when we got out to the when we got out to this event, all right, uh, I was like, man, I hadn't rode this bike. The last person that rode this bike was NB's brother, JB, <laughs> and that was about two months ago. And and I was like, you hadn't been training. I was like, no, man, I haven't rode this thing no, at no. all. <laughs> hadn't rode it at all. Well, you fought like you trained, didn't you? Oh man, <laughs> hey, what you guys. If you're wondering what we're talking about, for the last four days, we have been out on a epic journey. Uh, there's a route in Central Florida, a mountain biking route that was created by a pretty cool individual named uh, Carlos. Carlos, yeah. And Carlos has created this route around Central Florida, and it's a 300 and... 64.5 mile looped course on a mountain bike and he hosts this event every year and people show up and ride this course and it was unbelievable and let me start off by telling you guys are you okay back there Blake <laughs> let me start off by telling you guys that I severely underestimated <laughs> the difficulty of this event. Severely underestimated it. Yeah, it wasn't no joke. No. So, I thought I was going to... When I signed up for this thing, I thought, ah, this will be a fun little thing to do to go explore Central Florida. But I wasn't taking it seriously at all. And let me tell you something about this event. You could go as hard as you wanted to go on this thing. And you could have slap broke yourself off on this darn event. It was it it was hard enough just finishing it. Mm -hmm. And if if you would have been one of the front runners that was actually racing it, there's a guy that finished this course this year in 28 hours. Is that right? Yeah, 28. 28 yeah, hours. I, yeah, I can that's, verify that. That's that's I can't even fathom that, dude. Like after riding Chad, it, I, I, dude, <laughs> you literally thought you were going to kill this because you told me, you said, I'm going to take the mountain biking world by storm, son. That's what you told me that four months ago because you're an idiot. Oh yeah. I was I an mean, idiot. But no kidding, man. Who didn't know you were an idiot? You, you'd never ride. I didn't know I was an idiot. <laughs> I mean, what's wrong with somebody who literally thinks that? A dude beat you by 50 hours. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> like, after after doing that race, when, I, when Noah said, oh, the, the leader finished it in 28 hours, I was like, I can't even, I literally can't comprehend that. After now yeah. knowing the ground that he covered. Yeah, just thinking about it, it's like, there's no way. I mean, I don't even see how he did it. Like, I don't understand like, how it's, I don't know. Well, also, a nod to him is, is, you know, you may you may be tempted to say somebody that finished the course that fast that took you that long. Well, man, did he did he do the right route and everything? Well, I tried to track you guys 
Well, Noah lost his tracker on the second day. <laughs> okay. Well, on well on the very first day, like a few hours in, I went into the to the tracking and saw some guy was already like, I mean, destroying. I was like, good grief! <laughs> yeah. But you could track everywhere he went. Oh, he hundred percent did the course. Oh yeah. But you know who I didn't track? Chad Wright or Noah Bunch. Neither <laughs> one the whole time had any tracking, and I'm like, well. I know this guy who did it in 28 hours definitely did it, but I don't know about them. I yeah. think I think they just went around and stayed around the park and just stayed out there for three days. We were ghosts out there. Uh, I will tell you, we did the course. Uh, well, tell on, me why on, the tracking went out. On the honor system, we did the course, mm-hmm. but... Um, we've got the GPS files to show. Yeah, we've got the GPS files personally to show, but the reason... Okay, the so the tracking on the race, the thing... What's cool about this race... And by the way, for you guys listening, thinking that, thinking, well, this is a ridiculous conversation because I'll never be able to do something like this race. I want to tell you one of the cool things about this race is it's, it's not like ultra running in terms of how it, it beats your body up in a different way. The cool thing about this event, this long bike ride is I truly believe that uh, I'm not going to say anybody. Obviously, if you don't have legs or something, you can't do this event. Some people don't. Yeah, exactly. So anybody who is complete physically and, and isn't missing limbs and stuff, uh, they could, with minimal training, could do this thing slowly. All right? Anybody, because it's not, it's, it's, it's no impact, right? It's just pedaling. Um. So this is an awesome challenge, even for you big fat fatties that watch the show. This is something that even you could attempt at some point, okay? Now, the event is very grassroots. In other words, you've got a couple of guys that are actually racing in the front. The rest of the people are just out there to do the course like me and Noah and be vagrants. And the race director basically is like, hey, you should get a tracking device. But if you don't want one, just call me when you get off the course so I can cross you off my list. <laughs> and you show up to a picnic table the day, the day before the race for race registration. And it's Carlos. And he's got a pad of paper. And he's like, write your name and your phone number down on this pad of paper. <laughs> and like, that's, it. that's registration. It's awesome, dude. It's freaking awesome. Well, Noah actually signed up to get a tracker. Yeah. Yeah. And he, ha- he did. He had one. I didn't. The first day of the race, you get up in the morning. And let me tell you, I felt goofy as crap. You should have. One of the most, I told, I told Noah, the most difficult part of this event for me was showing up and putting myself in an environment where I was the new guy, where I just looked silly because there were, there was a dude camping beside us that this is what he does. And like you looked at his bike, he, and he, he did the whole race with a single speed bike, Mm -hmm. no gears. And he's, he's Lean and mean, dude. And here I am. My bike looks like a freaking homeless grocery cart. (laughs) (laughs) 
And so that was the that was difficult. The day the first day when I'm when I'm on the line with all these guys that this is what they do, and I have to humble myself and be like, I'm just a nobody. I don't know what the crap I'm doing here. I have a all new gear. You can tell it's never been used before. And like uh that's just the whole first part of the 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 event I'm riding down this trail and I just feel like a a goofball. Like I'm a guy on a bicycle here. Like how hard and, and I'm also thinking, how hard is this going to be? I was still in that phase where I wasn't taking it seriously. Well, I mean, that's what I that's what I'm curious about with all this discussion. Both of you, I want to ask both of you if you'll both answer this, if you don't mind. Like what what is what are you thinking about going in because you've got ultra running experience yeah you know so yeah you feel like the new guy because it's because it's riding but like what do you, what are you like what are you trying to do i mean like what's the goal here i mean noah like what what is what, just to finish in one piece yeah i mean like I said, i've never done any he had done you know ultra running obviously i i've haven't done any endurance events or anything like that so my thing was just trying to like get out there finish and keep up with chad like, yeah yeah kind of but we didn't really have a plan going in like oh we want to hit this point this day or this point we were just kind of kind of yo you mean you were riding with me and there was no plan hey yeah no plan at all well, i mean like what were you thinking going in i mean because but, but, you shouldn't feel whatever i mean if there's no real I mean, there, the goal for me was to explore central florida yeah i mean i'm like i like florida yeah me too I, and i like florida more now well good that we saw what we saw. Um, so the goal for me was just to explore Florida. But I also, there was a there was a part of me that really wanted it to get hard. Because it's been a year since I've raced, you know. and But in the beginning, you start off and you're on these really groomed, nice single track trails. And you're going through all these areas where the trails are just, if you were just if you just wanted to go out on a day ride, like these trails would be a lot of fun. Yeah, just do some nice pine forests. Yeah, they're of- groomed and they're rolling, and and it's it's just not the, the it just flows. Mm-hmm. You're just flowing through there, and I'm thinking for the first thirty, forty, fifty miles, even like ah, uh, well, I I feel silly out here. I'm just a guy on a bicycle, and like this isn't really gonna be. This is never gonna get that hard. I was sadly mistaken. <laughs> but, like, that's confusing to me because if you're concerned about making it hard, well, ride harder. I mean, well, that, keep keep up with the dude who did it in 28 but, hours. And, and so that's the thing. Because there is a, a skills element in this, although those trails were nice and flowing and stuff, like, our skill on the bike, especially loaded down, mm-hmm. would not our, – because our skills were so low – it didn't allow us to ride harder. Like, it didn't allow you to ride hard enough to actually keep up with those guys. It, it didn't have to do with fitness. It had to do with skills. Yeah. Like, that, the trail's this wide, right? And you're going over rocks and roots and trees this close, and Noah's freaking <laughs> crashing out, like, every every 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, there's one point we're we're, we're 15 miles in, and he's oh. behind me, and I just hear something just hit the freaking <laughs> ground, dude. I mean, hard. 
And then I hear all the riders that were behind him go, ooh, gosh, like, oh, he got the wind knocked out of him. And and so that's the thing. That's why you couldn't just simply ride harder to make that section hard unless you had the skills enough to move through that terrain fast enough. So is it super technical? I mean, is it The first section was. Yeah, we were loaded down, like you said, with all the weight. Right, right. The guys in the front, they were carrying nothing. I'm sure. I mean, if they you, were just riding. If you could do this in sub thirty hours, what would you need to carry other than just? I mean, a bear. You could just put it on your back, like a very oh, yeah. light back. You know. Well, there's enough there, and there's enough places on the course that you can resupply. Yeah, like, you wouldn't need nothing. Yeah, if yeah. a water bottle. I mean, exactly. That's what they were doing. They were just yeah. I not mean, carrying anything. Yeah. So I mean, that's very interesting. But but again, like that comes back to your training. Oh, 100%. 100%. You know? Because there's a skill element to this. Right. With ultra running, there's no skill element to it. It's just... Yeah, it's very minor if there's any. It's just, yeah, very little bit of running form, right? Yeah. Um, But with this, there is a skills element, which if you wanted to push, you would have to build that skill. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, certainly. I mean, mountain biking, it's it's a lot of skill. Yeah. In my opinion. It is. It's technical terrain, which I didn't know how much this course had, like... You know, you can go over on some Pinhody trail type stuff and get all the technical you want. And I was like, well, surely it's not a lot of that. But I'm sure there is sections of it where, like, the roots and stuff. Or, we had some dread are, sections. Oh, yeah, there were some gnarly sections. And it started out, like I said, pretty – had some technical stuff right off the bat there in yeah. the first 15 miles. Justin Sheely said the fast guys carry a credit card and two water bottles. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. He's exactly right. At and least by- if there's a spa- – uh, and by the Places way, I want to give Justin Sheely a shout out because he is the one that got me into this. He's he's taught me everything that I know about this sport because there's not a lot of information out about this sport because it's so small. There's so few people doing this. Justin told me about this race. He told me that this sport even exists. Mm. I didn't even know it existed. And so thank you, Justin. Uh, officially, thank you. Now, comparing this to ultra running, I wanted to put this out too, and then we'll go on throughout the rest of the first day. What I did like about this in comparison to ultra running, what I liked better about it, is the the amount of ground that you could cover in a push without any sort of resupply, right? So on the bike... The fact that you can you could you can easily cover 150 plus miles on the bike in a 24 and probably a 18 hour period, even with low skills. Well, some and, can and have everything that you need on the bike without any resupply. So I think that was the big thing that I like about this is you can see so much uh, on the bike, whereas with with ultra running. You have to have so many points to where you can refuel, resupply, and it takes so much longer to cover that amount of distance on foot. Mm-hmm. So that that is one thing that I enjoyed about this um, being able because part of my inspiration to do the race was to see that area and as much of it as I possibly could. So we got through all that single track stuff on the first day, and then and then the terrain completely changes which is another thing i enjoyed about the race the terrain changed um you know multiple times per day and we got out of this single track and we got on these massive 
just straight as far as the eye can see, <laughs> packed limestone yeah. roads. So they're solid white, right? And and you're just you can just see slam over the horizon a straight, and it's just up and down. And if you think there ain't hills in Florida, oh, like God. I did, come on, man. I'm ta- I'm not okay. talking about mountains. I'm talking about these hills that that were. Just a, a a a gradient, a slight gradient. For my, Do, it, it was. I knew, they I knew were, you'd start this crap. They were. <laughs> it ain't the you. highest point in Florida is a dang hill, man. It's about two hundred eighty <laughs> feet off. The, have Have you ever been on top of Sugarloaf Mountain? Uh, yeah, hey, we'll just Sugarloaf Mountain. Look, man. Look. Hey, when the mountain's named after a loaf, it, <laughs> <laughs> hey, when you drive through on a bike though. <laughs> hey, I ain't gonna listen to you talk about how hilly it was. Talk about something else. <laughs> hey. Talk about, talk about how technical it was and sandy or something because it wasn't freaking hilly, you sack of crap. So we, we get on these long limestone stretches. Okay, it still hadn't really gotten hard no. yet. Back on fake phony fraud over there. Don't matter. It hilly. still hadn't really gotten hard yet. I'm just riding down these stretches just being a, a joyful soul. Day one still? Yeah, yeah day, day one day. still. Um, and... When did it actually start to get hard on day one? Like, when, when, like, what was the point for you that you were like, okay, this might be legit? After, so I kind of started feeling a little weird. So we stopped probably about 45 miles in for lunch. Remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so I ate lunch. And then after that, we started hitting some real sandy stuff. Mm. And my stomach started getting kind of, that's when I started getting a little weird feeling. I mean, I'm not, I'm not used to going out here and busting it and, I mean, going for long periods of times like that. And that's when I was kind of like, I don't know how my body's trying to hold up to all this. Like, And that, that's still early. But um, like physically-wise, I was feeling good. I was just a little, feeling a little rough. Yeah, you were stomach. battling those stomach issues pretty early. So yeah, real it, early. It might have started, yeah, it started getting a little tough for Noah before it did for me. I was still feeling good. Yeah. Um. I think going on through the first day, we got through all them stretches of uh, of limestone fire road, and really where it started, I started to think, okay, this this might be legit. It's probably around the eighty to ninety mile mark in the sunset, and it got cold as mess. Mm-hmm. And well, we, you'd gotten hot. Well, we'd hit the ghost trail just right before the sun came down. Oh, that, yep. So that's, that's, that's it. That's when that's we it. hit. That's when I was like, this is a legit race. Yep. So there was a section called the ghost trail, and you actually had an option to bypass it. And I'm from what we talked to, I'd say about 80% of people bypassed it. Huh. But it added, supposedly supposed to take off like three hours of your time. And so we, we rolled on through it there, son. But it was, there wasn't a trail is why it was called the ghost yeah. trail. It yeah. was essentially... Traversing, I think it was about five or six miles of just wilderness. Wow. I mean, it was hiker bike most of the time. You're taking your bike, uh, yeah, fall yeah. down trees. You're just picking up over it, going through swamps and water. So it was this the, if you bypassed that, was that the light version? Or is that another thing? No, it, th- so that you could bypass it on the full version, mm-hmm. but... If you did the ghost trail, whatever your final time was, you subtract three hours <laughs> from your final time. Okay. So that's how that worked. The light version, they 
they bypassed a lot of the like single track stuff. Okay. They yeah, the light gravel. version was gravel okay. basically. And so yeah, we hit the ghost trail. <laughs> we're in there, we're in on this trail and and these bikes are heavy. Yeah. When you got them loaded out and it's just literally blow down after blow down, no trail. You're you're just navin through this whole section. Water freaking wet as crap, it, you know, swamps of Florida. Yeah. And um and it starts to get dark in there. Mm-hmm. And that's that's when I realized, like, no kidding. I was like, there was a moment as the sun was setting, and we're still in this trail. <laughs> and I'm like, we don't want to get caught back in here in the dark because it would be almost impossible to to nav back in there if you couldn't see mm-hmm. where you were going. And we got out of there just in time when it started getting dark. But I tell you a funny story. Right when we were uh, rolling through there, we probably had a mile left in the – Ghost Trail. We like I said, we've just been traveling, navigating through this, and we kind of look over to the left. There's like some lake and little body of waters. And there's this woman. She's slugging her bike through this water. She's she's at least waist deep. Oh. Over in the middle of this lake. And we're like over here. <laughs> we look across here just slugging that bike through that. What was that? She got a little off route. <laughs> well, so that's what I was wondering, like in this section here on the ghost trail, you're talking about it being wet. I mean, yeah, it's Florida. Everything's wet. But is it up to your knees? I mean, like, are you going or what? How how much water is if, it? If you stayed on the actual route, yeah, the deepest water would be probably knee deep. Mm-hmm. But this lady had gotten slammed yeah. off the route. <laughs> uh, and she's literally across the lake, like, like he said, walking through flooded yeah. grass waist deep. And um, yeah, that's not smart. No, 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 uh, and I, I mean, yeah, that could get deeper than she thinks quick, and then, but that's stupid. Yeah, a lot of the, uh, I, I, I wonder though. I wondered. You, you kind of figure out that obviously the dudes that do this often they have good backcountry skills and they have good navigational skills, but there are a lot of people that did this event that don't have those skills. There, there, a lot of people that come over from like road biking and doing time trials and races to this as they get older and they want to transition into something a little slower and not as competitive uh just to be able to do the race and you don't have to actually be in the front and so i think you know a lot of people and if you didn't have good nav skills on that ghost trail yeah you you would wind up somewhere just like this lady did and so yeah that was funny seeing her over there and we pop out right up right as the sun starts to set right And then we still got a long push to to get to that shelter because you had to go. We had to we hit some road. We took it up to a store, which was a checkpoint. Yeah. And by the way, there's checkpoints along this route where you have to take a picture with yourself at the checkpoint in order to actually, if you're actually racing, the count. Yeah, it has to have a timestamp, and you have to have a photo with yourself at these certain points to show that you actually hit all the points. Right. Mm -hmm. So we made it there. There were a bunch of a bunch of other competitors there at the store at the same time we got there, and um, they were going just right up the road to a campground to camp because yeah. at this point it's probably ten, maybe ten at night, nine or ten at night. Yeah, probably eighty miles in or something like that. Yeah, and we got intel that there was a shelter at mile one hundred six just a, a primitive shelter on the Florida trail, mm. like a backpacker shelter, right? Yeah, it was back in the Seminole 
national forest yeah. or something. So we and and we also heard there was going to be a party at the shelter yeah. that night that Carlos that the the director was putting on. Oh yeah. So Noah and I. MB and I made up our mind that we were going to go ahead and push to that shelter. Yeah, I know you like to party. I don't know yeah. about MB, but <laughs> so we wanted to get get there, and so we did it. We 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 pushed all the way through a hundred a uh, hundred and six miles on our first day mm. of the race. My longest bike ride prior to this was uh, five six miles. No, from the ride I do from here to town. What is that? Twenty five twenty six yeah. miles. That's my was my longest bike ride. So first day I quadrupled my my bike mountain bike riding PR. How much of that was at night? Uh we ended I mean up, needing a headlamp and everything. We ended up getting to the shelter at twelve thirty. Twelve thirty, so it Mid, get, midnight. So a few hours. Five or six hours. So how's that? Is that it's, difficult? I like I enjoyed the night ride. This guy, that's the only time he could ride. He would, he would, he, this, MB's useless from 10 a.m. to sundown. When the sun goes down, he has a night gear. Huh. And all of a sudden, he can ride as fast as me. Well, that's cool. (laughs) Yeah. So his night riding was awesome. See, we actually got, we hit some road and then we got on that, um, that single track through that, I don't remember that forest, that kind of sandy single track. We rolled through that throughout the night. Yeah. That was a good ride. Yeah. Yeah. So, we get to the shelter. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, we get to where we think the shelter was supposed to be. Yeah. And it's it's a check-in station for the game warden. And nobody's there. Right. <laughs> and, and, and we're we're pretty beat by this point. We're done. We're ready to bed down. The shelter is showing on my GPS off route. Well, between us and where the shelter's showing on the GPS, there's a, a long, maybe a mile sand pure soft sand you can't ride in that no that, that was one of the most challenging sections is yeah. when you would hit that sand and so me and mb were like boy this this little check-in station <laughs> right here looks awful appealing like we're ready to stop and i was like nah let's just walk down this sandy road and see if we can find this shelter and sure enough we trudged down that sandy road and there's the party son and it was a good party. <laughs> yeah, we showed up. They had a campfire rolling. People huh. sitting around the fire. They had cold beer. They had cold fried chicken. Chicken tenders. Chicken tenders. Cold fried chicken. <laughs> cold fried chicken. And uh, speaking we, of fried chicken, we rolled up into that joint. I need to eat my Cajun fillet. <laughs> <laughs> we rolled up. Oh, son, I was so looking for a Bojangles on on course. He was. He every. He was like, I can't wait till we run into a Bojangles. Bow time. It's bow time, son. <laughs> we roll up into this shelter, man. Twelve thirty. We sit down on the on the picnic table, and uh, man, I I get right into the party, son. Yeah, he does. I'm roll. I, I'm right into the party. Old sot. NB. <laughs> I'm zonked NB out. NB sits on the picnic table, and he looked like a zombie, son. <laughs> I kept looking over at him. And I'd look over at him, and he'd be sitting there just with a thousand-yard stand holding a cold chicken tender <laughs> just like this. And I'd say, hey, buddy, you know, you need to eat you a good meal before we hit the sack, you know, because we got a long day tomorrow. And he'd just look at me and just 
No, I just had because <laughs> <laughs> his stomach was still screwed oh, up. I could right? eat nothing. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was feeling so nauseous. He said, "Yeah, that's probably a good idea." <laughs> just sit up there. So we we stayed up and partied at the shelter till about two thirty in the morning, and then we decided to go set our tent our uh, tarps up mm-hmm. and bed down. NB, you you wasn't in bed long. No, I wasn't in bed long before uh, that stomach decided to let me know that it's time to get up. <laughs> I think I got up twice throughout that night, yet and re- released, emptied the taint there a few times. Yep. So uh, that was. I'm telling you, when I was doing that, I was, I was feeling rough. I was like, I don't know if I can go another. 260 miles after letting all that stuff out we get up the next morning roll up out of our tarp and kind of stumble over to the shelter and there's a lady sitting around the campfire and she's like 70 something years old and she's one of them perpetual walkers yeah (laughs) we met a real life perpetual walker yeah oh she said she doesn't what more than five miles a day but that's all she does. That's all she does. She's uh she's like you've heard a nimble wheel. Well, are you saying she she lives out there? Yeah. Yeah, she's a perpetual all she does is walk like continuously around the entire country. And she um she ain't got a I mean maybe she has a place but she's barely there. I mean she literally just can't I mean she's got her tent with her and everything. Yep. She's just carrying a pack. So I walk up to the fire and here's this You know that's my dream. <laughs> she's she's living it. Well, she's living it. Okay. I don't want to wait till I'm so 70. She was on the she was walking the section on the Florida trail. She like I asked her like what are you doing out here and she was like, "Oh, I'm doing the ECT to the ACT and all that. They they just link up all these long trail sections and they just walk around the whole nation." But anyways, I walk up and here's this lady sitting by the fire at 8:30 in the morning. <laughs> Smoking a nub of a cigar. Oh, I mean, it's just a nub drinking a Mike's Hard Lemonade. <laughs> Seventy-year-old lady at the fire, perpetual walker. Her backpack sitting beside her, and I'm like, "Am I in some alternate reality right now?" Like Florida, baby. Like, what's what's happening here? That's Florida. <laughs> You've done and, it, man. And and. and we're 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 beautiful. At, we're at a primitive shelter, literally in the middle of the wilderness. And here's this person smoking a nub of a cigar, drinking a Mike's Hard Lemonade <laughs> at eight thirty you know in the morning. It, it and, had yeah. and I'm like, wow, this is freaking awesome. Where else can you? Where else can you see this crap? Right That's when you uh, arrive, Chili. You say you can never arrive, but. That's when you've done it. Yeah, oh, she was arrived. doing it. Yeah, she was doing it, son. And you'd be surprised. Also, that night at the shelter, we ran into that guy who who watches the YouTube channel. Yeah, man, you should have seen him when Chad walked into that camp. He was sitting over there, like over there by the fire, and he was sitting over there looking. Chad comes walking up. He's he'd been staring at Chad. Chad, you know, was talking to Carlos, the race director there, for about ten minutes, and that guy was just staring at him. He's like. He's like, you're Chad Wright, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. I said, yeah, buddy, I'm Chad. And we carried on about our conversation. About 10 minutes later, he chimed in. He said, I can't even believe you're sitting right here in front of me right now. <laughs> so he was it. He was experiencing that weird reality, too. Everybody, This place was like a, a warp. Yeah. It was some kind of just 
weird freaking thing, man. Yeah, y'all had something going on there. It was epic, dude. Bunch of weirdos. Yeah, a bunch of daggone weirdos. <laughs> had just descended upon this primitive shelter in the middle of this wilderness Dude, in get central a, Florida. When you get a high concentration of weirdos like that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something's going to happen. It can tend to bend reality. It was so good, man. I mean, it was so good. Yeah, it was. So we finally, after we're done uh, sitting and, and chit-chatting and just sitting and kind of watching this perpetual walker lady that not morning. talk to her? Oh, yeah, we yeah. talked to her plenty. Yeah. She was nice. She was very friendly. Very, very cool person. Um, Very cool. We decided to get back on our bicycles and roll out. Yep. That's when we went through that. Uh, we had a little bit of gravel there. Then we got to that Challenger trail. Oh, the Challenge Trail. Challenge Trail. Yeah, it had all those uh, bushes and brush and sand and swamp. Cypress knees. Cypress knees, yep. Yep. That was some hard riding the truck. You couldn't hardly see it. I mean, it was slow moving through that. Yep. We worked our way through the challenge trail. Yeah. We po- Where'd we pop out after that? That was the river. We popped into the river crossing. Okay. Right? I've heard about that. Yep. What was that like? It was It was awesome. It wasn't bad at all. I mean, we... we, we Not deep? Oh, no, it was it deep. Was probably chess... Deep, yeah. yeah, you had That's to pick. Serious. You had to pick your bike up and carry it across. Carry it across Hope for sure. Had. But that cool water was nice. It was yeah. nice getting in that water. Like it was cold. Do a lot of people try to push to that on day one and maybe camp? No, you wouldn't want to camp up in there. There were there were thirty something people at that shelter. Okay, that, and a lot of people uh, were camping behind us. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we pa- and we passed a lot of people on the way to the shelter. So I think. That shelter is where people that aren't obviously racing. trying to race it, that's where they try to get to. Be, the because the party, push. man. Yeah. You can't miss that. Mm-hmm. Well, you can. You can, but you'd be a fool to, right? Well, yeah. If you got a little more, a little more hitch in your giddy up, you might care. <laughs> <clears throat> so we get through the, through we the get, river crossing. Get through the river. That was easy day. Where we head from there? Where did we head after the river? And at that point, in the first place, guys, like, coming across the finish line, right? <laughs> Let me see. I think I put a little note here. What was... Just about. Yeah, I reckon okay. after the river cross... Oh, we, we started hitting... We, we popped out on that town, didn't we? Hit a couple of them greenways. Yep, and we... Okay, this is the point where we are pushing to get to a brewery yeah. before it closes. <laughs> that's the, So that's the second checkpoint. Saw it. Yep. Yeah, so it was a checkpoint, so we had to stop. You have there and, to stop there. Yeah, he couldn't take any more PBRs with him from the night before. <laughs> we tried to get in that brewery after we left that party. And <laughs> he said they ran out of beer at that party. We got to get in the brewery. Yeah, so we got all these long sections. So that this was is a long stretch to get to that. Yeah, brewery. this is day two. My pard here ain't hit his night gear yet. Oh, that's when we was coming around that lake, that big old lake with all them gators. Oh, yeah, It was just flat forever. Popka. Yep. It was just some... Freaking massive alligators everywhere. Long, long stretches. Yep, my part here, you know, he was was feeling it. He hadn't hadn't blowed his turbo yet or slung a rod. He he was still able to move. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And it's, it's brewery or bust, man. Yep. It's get to the brewery or bust. 
And uh, all right, it, we linked up with a couple of guys, Tom and Tom's part. I forgot his name. Uh, yeah, I didn't get his name either. Yep. And uh, we, Tom's part will suffice. <laughs> we leapfrog with these cats, and uh, we make the brewery at six thirty. About six thirty, yeah. Right after sundown, prime drinking time. Yep. <laughs> Sit down. I eat an entire bacon cheeseburger and a whole large pizza, minus two pieces. Yep. And I only drank one beer because. What time was it? Six thirty in the morning. No, at night. Oh, what you got two? Well, the pro- the problem is, we had a another twenty mile pull that we had to hit once we left the brewery. Mm. So, we got all mm-hmm. we got all fueled up. Got some food in us and took back off. And then we we linked up with four no three, three other riders. Yep, because that pull between the brewery and where we stopped that night was all highway. Yeah. And let me tell you right now, you ride a daggone bicycle down a highway. Like a two-lane or four-lane? or a two, two Well, lane. two and four. Both, yeah, yeah that stretch. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and, and people running 70 miles an hour, and you got a shoulder that's a foot wide. <laughs> Did you have good lights on your bike? You know. Good. I mean, yeah, we had little blinking lights on the back. And that's yeah. kind of why we wanted, we rode in that group. That was nice, having about five riders. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we, we stayed together because that's that, that was dangerous as crap, man. Mm-hmm. Like every car that comes by, you're like two inches from death, mm-hmm. essentially, just getting obliterated. We stopped by Publix. There was a Publix on the route. The snack change over there. And this is the, this is another thing. I had no idea of how much I was gonna have to eat on this ride. You could probably get some Tillamook in there, dude. He, he was throwing. I the ate food. so much. If it wouldn't have been for that Publix, I would have been screwed. I would have ran slap out of food. Yeah. So Tom and them, they didn't carry a lot of food. They were buying all their food, so they had stopped at Publix, and we all went in there. I was getting a few things. Old Chad comes out with that. Three or four grocery bags of food. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where he, he I, was stitching all that stuff and everything. I added about 20 pounds to my bike <laughs> on that public stop. Get back on the highway. Yeah. We roll on down. We finally get to this spot. One of the guys in our group was like, you can't camp here. We can't camp here. It's not allowed. It's not allowed. There there will be problems if you camp here. Well, yeah, you may not camp, but I can beat it. <laughs> beat it, nerd. So and, and, and freaking beat it, dude. And here's the thing. You get to this spot, and if you go any further, you get into what's called the green swamp. Yeah. And let me tell you what, the green swamp. You don't want to camp in the green swamp. It ain't no joke, son. I mean uh, it, what's his name? Tom? No, it wasn't. Tom's part. It was no. <laughs> so this this one guy in our group was like, "No, nah, we can't camp here. We gotta we gotta push on further." And Tom's part was like, "I didn't see. I didn't hear that. <laughs> I, I didn't. You know, I I didn't see that rule. Yep. You know, uh, no. Tom's part won't go in no further." <laughs> He said, we're camping right here. We're, we right are staying here. right here, son. I agree with Tom's part. Yep. <laughs> so we we went ahead and bedded down there. That was our that was our least miles. That was probably, 95. we probably ended 95 or 96 miles that yeah. day. Well, how was that, well, though? That was 1030 when we stopped. The you know, first night we drove to 1230. We kind of stopped him at 1030. 
I mean, you know, first day, 100 miles, you've never been that far. But, you know, I mean, it's one day or whatever. But then getting up again, what was that? How did it did it feel like it took way longer the next, you know, the second day covering almost as much ground? No, the sec- the second day, it's it was it was not still not getting to the point where it was like, oh, man, this is this is tough. Mm-hmm. It was the third day when that happened. So we got up uh, out from under that pavilion, got going about 8.30 mm-hmm. on the third day, and we push on down into the green swamp. And it is just forever. It just keeps coming. Yeah. I mean, I reckon we saw every bit of the green swamp, and w- there ain't no telling how many thousands of acres this place was. Yeah, it was... Well, we ran into those guys running those, burning those, burning that forest stuff. He said like 165,000 acres or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And I reckon we saw every bit of it. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> but, I mean, is it sandy, rooty, it's wet? It goes through, you'll hit sand, you'll hit a little bit of like fire, dirt roads, you'll hit swamp. It just, I mean, when you say swamp, did you ever have to ride through? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Foot or two of water? Done at least oh, more that. than that. And just pick it up every time? Yeah. Yeah. Done that at least. Probably a couple times a day, most times. Yeah. Plenty of that. There's a, we're riding through the green swamp. Weird things happen in the green swamp. Yeah. We're riding through there. There's an alligator laying on the side of the trail. That's twice the length of this table right here. Yeah. At least. This thing's a freaking dinosaur. Well, yeah, there's some big ones. And um, I'm like, why ain't this thing moving? Yeah, we stopped and was kind of looking at it. It wouldn't move. And I'm like, Noah, grab that thing's tail and see if you can make it move. <laughs> yeah, that thing whip around and freaking go ahead and take a big hunk out of your I leg thought, if said, you do that. He said, you got the camera on? <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, the camera's running. And he reached down and grabbed that thing's tail and it didn't move. The thing was dead. Yeah, it was dead. That close to the boy. I would have <laughs> made sure he was dead. <laughs> It was straight dead, all right? I mean, you got to... I'm talking about making sure, homie. Like, you start messing with that, them things get lethargic when they get big, you know? You know that. Yeah, I, I know, because we were seeing some the day before uh, going around that lake that yeah. were... They looked like they were dead, but yeah, they weren't they dead. They ain't, yeah. But yeah. this one, he was... You'd smell him a little bit. Yeah, you. we got downwind of him, you could smell him, so... We had, we had quite a few uh, fences and stuff we had to climb over, too, through the green swamp. Hmm. Yeah, like rough terrain, man. And, stuff, you'd have to. and and then you know you're riding down. Let's you're riding down all these. Uh, we get to a section where we're riding down more of these big limestone fire roads, basically, and you're just completely exposed. It's hot, hot as mess. We we come up to this intersection, and here's three guys, and they have a freaking helicopter. A nice helicopter set Park. right in the middle of this intersection. Park on the trail. On, on the, in the trail. middle of this swamp. I mean, we're 25 miles back into this. So swamp. it ain't real dense. I mean, they could land it in there. Yeah. This one part had opened. There's some parts that opened up like that. Yeah. And there's it's a freaking dude with a helicopter. Well, what there. for? Well, we ended up talking to him. And uh, one, I was like, I was talking to these guys about, you know, their helicopter and stuff. And, one of the guys looked over at me and he said, "You're Chad Wright, ain't you?" <laughs> he said, "That's Chad Wright, Navy Seal." <laughs> he looked. He said, "You're Chad Wright, ain't you?" I said, "Yeah, 
That's what they call me. He looked over at his two buddies. He pointed at me. He said, former Navy SEAL. Yeah, he did. You talk about a vortex, a weird vortex. You, you you roll up in the middle of the freaking green swamp. There's three dudes standing around a helicopter, and one of them knows who you are. <laughs> yeah, son, it was. How, what the freaking crap is going on here, dude? Well, what was going on? They were doing uh, controlled burns. Fire, yeah. Ah. Yeah, they were doing controlled burns. So it didn't have nothing to do with the race or nobody. Ra- okay. No. Just random. And did you know you could buy a helicopter for less than a million bucks? That's what they told us, because I asked him, guys, I said, what's that thing called? Well, you're going to have to buy you a landing pad, too. Mm-hmm. So we get on we get on through that. Get on through that. Get on through that swamp. And now, here's where Noah blew his turbo. Blue. NB blew his turbo. Blew a rod. We get... Is that... No, did was you before, throw I your was rod? Already, I was already down before we got to the helicopter. For I, real? I'd already... You threw, oh, you threw your rod in the green swamp. Yeah. I rode all the way through the green swamp on that one. Holy day. crap, man. It was hurting. Oh, so, so it had just started that morning. Well, it had kind of been hurting the night before, but it started that morning of day three. I was like, how pop popped a few naprots and, you know, didn't help at all. I was I was getting a lot of knee pain. I couldn't sit down and pedal. I was just, I mean, sharp pain when I tried to pedal. I was like, I thought something's messed up with my knee here. Mm-hmm. But we didn't kind of, we just kind of kept riding with it. Just kind of, I would stand up. Trying to push, trying to push. But I, uh. Oh, yeah, because that's where we had our hard conversation. Yeah. In the, in green, the swamp. green swamp. I'm telling you, I thought he was going to have to bury me up that green swamp, son. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's right. You guys have to lift me out of there. Because, well, hey, hey, say, hey, you boys with that helicopter, <laughs> you, know, you know, here, my buddy, you can just take us on out. I, well, I told Noah the, the beginning of day three, I said, this will be the hardest day. And it was it, uh, because that's always the way it is. The, the The last day, you're you're pushing for the finish, right? So it's always the day before the last day that's the hardest day. Well, and there's something about day three. Yeah. Even if it takes, even if something's a month, people are like, "Oh, day three, I thought I was going to quit," and then three weeks in, they're all good to go. You know? Yeah, I guess it's yeah. Your body's on the verge of kind of making the transition into whatever it is you're doing. And, um, yeah, his knee flared up to the point that he couldn't sit down and pedal his bike anymore. And I, he was going real slow through this green swamp. What do you think caused that? Just the repetition? I mean, just the... Yeah, I think just the... act. I mean, like You know, said, cycling it just a billion times. Mm-hmm. Not didn't... Not, like I said, not have a lot of training built up to that. Just a quick two months. I was probably wasn't physically where it needed to be to do that kind of mileage. But you could stand up and pedal? So, yeah, it was like, what I would do is I would stand up, essentially. I had a technique I had worked out. I would pedal with my left leg, and I was just enough to throw my weight up mm-hmm. and get down enough to push on that right. Well, see, when you stand up, it ain't bending as much. It's right, yeah, right. keeping it straight. So I was kind of like just using my weight and my left leg. Yeah, and we were deep in this joker, man, and I, I, I started getting a little worried about him because I, I was watching him, and I was like, Okay, yeah, he's not sitting down on his bike and pedaling, and it's hours and hours, and he's not sitting down, and it's hot in there, and we got a long ways to go. And uh, I backed up and told him, I said, "Look, man, you're gonna have to, you you're gonna have to make some hard decisions here, because it ain't like we only have 20 miles left. We have 160 something miles left to go, 
and you have to be able to ride. And I said, you can, you can ride through this, but at this point we didn't know it was it band. We mm. thought it was something in the knee. Yeah. And I said, you can make the decision to, to slog it in and ride through this. But if you keep putting pressure on that knee over the course of the next 160 miles, by the time you're done, you may be going to have freaking knee surgery. Yeah. So you, you, you got to make a decision. What are you willing to, what are you willing to pay to finish this thing? Like, are you, are you willing to risk damaging your knee substantially to finish this thing? Or if this is an injury, should you stop now? Or once you couldn't stop, then you had to get out of the that, green swamp. That was the thing at that point that I was in. I mean, I was in. I was at the point like if we would have been somewhere close to civilization, I'd have probably quit. But we were twenty miles left in the green swamp, so I was like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I have to push out at least through it. Had to get out of. There. Had to get out of there. Yeah, and it was rough terrain getting out of there. That last stretch of it, we had two or three uh, swamp crossings at deep sand. Had to walk it. Yep. So I, I was feeling it. So you got to know there's going to be sand everywhere, and then that. So that green swamp's probably the. That was the. That was the low point. Yeah. It was the word. That was the. I mean, you were really. That that's the meat of where everything was. I mean. It just happened to work out that way, right? That like everything kind of came down to that that section. Yep. Yeah, it really did. We were in that swamp for eight hours. Eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> And it was hot. Long. You didn't see nothing. Yeah, for eight straight hours. We got out of the swamp. Mm-hmm. Hit that gas station there. We rode up, hit a gas station. And what what made you decide to keep pushing after how you had been feeling all day? Um, After getting, you know, being able to just stand up and push through that swamp, like I said, I was done for. But we kind of got to that gas station there was a lot of and i had actually even considered the whole time i said i'm gonna sit here i'm gonna find me a person that's gonna drive me back to that finish line i'm gonna have to let chad finish on his own but we got a little snack and i i started stretching it we kind of we kind of determined it was the it band instead of the knee yeah kind of the where it was hitting and i was kind of like you know me and chad was talking he's like you know i ain't never seen nobody tear one of those you know and so i was like you know i'm just gonna keep I don't think it's, you know, it's, it hurts and it's painful, but I don't think it's going to cause any lasting damage. So I got there and I was, I rolled out that IT band out there at that gas station on my Nalgene bottle. And uh, that's, yeah, that helped a lot and just kind of tried a few different techniques. But I was like, you know, I'm just going to, I knew we were closer to town. So I was like, you know, I'm going to keep on going. If it just blows out, I'll go figure that out when it happens. Yeah. So long, hard day. We hit this gas station. It's late in the evening. Is it dark at this it's point? It's about no, 5 o'clock. It's about 5 o'clock. There. We started about 8 o'clock that morning. Mm-hmm. There's people laid out everywhere at this gas station. Oh, it was a hub. There was a bunch of... Bikers? or bunch of bikers. Yeah. They had laid their stuff out for that swamp and just eat, them, eat a the bunch of The swamp ate up. them alive, man. Are you 300 miles in or what? We're 260 yeah, probably. Mm. So day three, that swamp just you didn't cover not I mean just We don't only cover about sixty miles. Just trudging. It was it was slow, dude. The main challenge and the main challenge for me, 
I think in there was I really had to be patient because if you could ride in that swamp, you could have covered, you could have got through there in six hours if you could ride hard. And so, well, I, how were people going through that? I mean, how much did that slow down some of the front guys? Oh, it didn't the front guys? It didn't slow them down at all. Well, what are they doing through them through the high water and through the sand? I mean, are they somehow just staying on the dang bike? I wouldn't doubt it. I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. it. That's unbelievable. Yeah. So yeah, that the hardest part in the swamp for me was was being patient with Noah and knowing that he was doing all he could to ride as fast as he could and i i i could i could ride hard if i i could have covered those miles really quick and i wanted to get out of there oh yeah he was getting he was getting roasted by that sun that sun yeah. was burning him i wanted to get out of there but i was like no i'm not going i'm not going we're not going to split we're going to stay together we come this far together we we're going to stay together right Cause we had we had before the race we didn't talk about are we going to stay together the whole time we were just like well we'll just we'll start off together and if our paces change or whatever we'll, we we'll split up you know but by this point I'm like now nah, we've came this far we're going to stay together so that was me just being have to say okay you're in this thing and even though you can ride faster you know you need to support your buddy here. And I know that sounds like an easy decision to make, but when you're getting baked and you're in this vortex of the swamp, it takes some, it's a, it was a mental challenge for me. Yeah. Yeah. We hit that gas station and at this point we're like, okay, we want to finish. We want to set ourselves up. For a, 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 a early finish on day four. So we decided from that gas station we were going to push another 60 miles. Yep. Mm. So. Because well, we looked up the map and that was, he had a good uh, campsite marked or something. He had, Carlos had marked out different areas of camp. And was it some, you know, road and fire road to there? I mean, pretty. <laughs> Or no more or more crap. Tell them about that section. I'm yeah. gonna pee real quick. All right. So we hit that section. So we came out of that gas station, uh, and we got on some highway road for about I don't know five ten miles. And so we's like, okay, if we can keep this up, well, yeah, we're gonna cover some good ground. <clears throat> but most of them people were wore out from that uh, from the swamp. They was like, oh, we're just camping five ten miles up the road. They yeah. weren't going to push on. But yeah, we so we started going and see. So we hit what we was calling it the wormhole. I don't remember what it was actually called, but it was some sandy technical signal track for miles. I mean, probably 30 miles. And so we didn't know that. was. We got in there right as soon as it was getting dark. We was hoping, oh, it's just about 10 miles of this single track, but that, that sucker just kept on going. And I said, I was telling them, we called it the wormhole, but I don't know what it actually was called, but... That went on and on. I was navving through that section, man. And I would zoom my map out. So, yeah, what was nav like? So, we, we downloaded a GPX file. Okay. And and so, you know, the, uh, the course was all in the GPS. But I would zoom my... When we got into that section, they call it Cromwall or something. Well, yeah. I would zoom out and all you could see was just all these little... 
zigzag <laughs> forever. And we're in this thing, man. And it's like, are we ever going to get out of this thing? Well, so nav wasn't wasn't much more than just making sure you were staying on that GPX file. Okay. Yep. Yep. But still, I mean, you could obviously get off. Yeah, because it didn't pick up other trips. You come to like a right, right. Uh, split or something. It didn't show, oh, there's a split. Right. It would just, you just kind of had to yeah. go a little bit. And if it didn't, you turn around. I got you. We finally popped out of the wormhole. Yep. And then we hit, uh, <laughs> what did we hit? Oh, we hit that, that lot and come up behind that power line track. Stopped at a little store. Stopped at a that little store. That was closed. It was cold. Got some beer. Yeah, it was It was, It was. was another checkpoint. It, it was, was another supposed to have stuff, but we got there. It was middle of the night when we got there, so it was like 10 o'clock. Yep. Ate, ate some Talamook cheese mm. and Ritz crackers. Yep. Yeah, was everything open when you got to it? No, that store was, wasn't. Mm. No, that store wasn't. That was, was nobody. Down. It was a small little town. Huh. Nothing around. Well, so at this point, riding at night, like, are you are you getting sleepy at all, Noah? Or like, how much did you you know? No, I wouldn't say I really got too sleepy uh, riding at night. I, I usually felt good riding up that night. I didn't, and I got tired that last about thirty minutes before we yeah. rolled in the camp that night. I just wondered, you know, day, you know, get, about to lay down for what third night? Yeah, and you know, hard day like that. Riding, I, 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 you know, just kind of getting that beam of the headlamp, and even more so than running, just kind of just zoning out about fall asleep on the bike. You know, I think that'd be a little bit like riding in a car, like just kind of. Yeah, I think with me, I was kind of like in kind of like where I was hurting. My, I mean, I stood up, I rode, I rode all of day three and four on my feet. Yeah. So I like couldn't really get tired because I was standing up. I felt like the whole time I wasn't sitting there like pedaling. Yeah, I was standing and. Yeah, I, n- I never got that tired either. I think we got enough rest every night, yeah, four or five hours of sleep to keep you from getting super sleep deprived. So we passed that store, and we've got three legs that we got to hit to get to this campsite objective that we want to get to, and these are long legs. And it got freaking cold, son. I'm talking 40 degrees. Yeah. It was 85, 86 degrees during the day, and it dropped to 40s, and you've got to – you know, you've got to ride in the bike. And you're sweaty. Oh, you get hot going up them hills. I get sweaty, and then you You got a 20-mile-per-hour like wind. And you'd start getting real cold. Yeah, I mean, with temperature change like that, especially where you're getting sweat. Well, I mean, you probably got wet enough just from the oh, environment. The crossings, yeah. But, uh, you know, plus you're sweaty. That That's when you really get cold and chilled, you know. So did you have the gear to, for that transition? We did. I mean, we never got to the point that, that we were like jackhammering cold, but yeah. mm-hmm. it was cold enough to be miserable. Yeah. Like, man, I'm about to have to ride down this hill, and I'm going to have a 20-mile-per-hour wind hitting me. <laughs> and my body's beat. I had just ba- you just baked in the sun all day. And you know how when, you, when you're deep into something like this, your body already doesn't regulate its temperature as well as it can when you're fresh. And the cold made us i think ride harder mm-hmm. that night I do too. on those those last three long because these last three legs we had were like five or six mile stretches a piece right so we had another 15 miles to go past that store mm-hmm. and i told noah i said man i know i know what you obviously what you're going through but we got to ride 
hard here just to generate enough body heat to stay warm. Yeah. So the cold actually ended up being a blessing on the that that third night. Yeah. yeah. Cause you had to you had to ride as hard as you possibly could just to keep your body temperature up. And um we roll into this campsite objective, which by the way, we had no clue what it was. It was just a pin on the GPS. And it turns out to be <clears throat> like a legit <clears throat> campground. Mm-hmm. And um I told Noah, I said, we're going to ride in here nice and quiet, like, <laughs> and find us a spot to bed down, because we can't go no further than this, man. Yeah, we it's 2.30 in the morning. Was this a campground you were supposed to pay for a spot or something? It wasn't like a, well, oh, it wasn't for bikers to come in there. We, we are on air. By the way, any laws, rules, or regulations that were broken during <laughs> uh, this trek were... Uh, a sole reflection of my own poor decision making and by no means reflect the nature of anyone else uh i was not a a i'm not a member of any bike club and i was also not a participant in any organized event i was just a guy on a bicycle okay so we roll into this <laughs> you, you won't even track the way <laughs> yeah <laughs> We were just two guys on a bicycle. Yeah, we were just riding around. I said, we're going to roll into here nice and quiet. Like, we cut all our lights off, slipped in there, found a pavilion <laughs> with a bunch of picnic tables stacked around. I said, all right, boy, we're going to lay our bikes down on the ground. We're going to huddle up in between these all these picnic tables. That's where we camped And out. we laid out on the ground and, uh, and got a little bit of rest. Yep. So you were able to dry out and... You know, I mean, is it? It's forty degrees there. Yeah, I, huh. I don't know if we dried out too much, but yeah, we got. We we're so tired. Got warm. Yeah, got we warm. were so tired. We just got warm and and uh, laid up. Got and, and I was fully expecting someone to come in the wee hours of the morning. So, some law enforcement there. officer. Yeah, and tell us, no, nah, boy, get out of here, you vagrant. <laughs> right. We'd already came up with a good little plan. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I had already, yeah. I mean, my butt, my part over here is injured. It's cold. You're homeless. We're home- Thank yep. God we found that place. That that place saved our lives, yeah. right? Yeah, we wouldn't have, wouldn't so, have made it. Um, but we made it through. We got up the next morning and uh, pushed on into day four. We only had, what did we have left that day? About 45 miles. About 45 miles. 120. On day three. Man, yeah. 120 like, miles. I guess it went past midnight, but I mean, you. We rode on. That's a long, that's a, I mean, that's a good ways. Oh, and I was. I was In that terrain, yeah. I was feeling the pain that night, too. I was, my leg, my teeth started locking up on me. I couldn't even straighten it out. couldn't even straighten my leg out there. Yep. But, uh, hey, we got through it. And day four, starting day four, a hundred, I, I mean, 40 something miles left to go. Now, that ain't nothing to sneeze at, son. No, like that's still that a long went. bike ride in that terrain. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would say you hit your lowest of lows. I did in the last ten ten miles. 10 miles. Dang. <laughs> I'm telling. We started NB hit out, his lowest of lows, and I was work. We was working out pretty good, you know, hitting those first twenty miles that morning. We knocked those out good. They were pretty. It was on a greenway, so I could keep my kind of like push pace. Well, son, then we turned on to some technical last 10 miles with some technical uh, single track. 
I didn't have the power left in my leg. Were you? Were you? Was it causing you to wreck? <clears throat> oh yeah. I mean, I, so how many I, times do you think you wrecked? That last 10 miles, I mean, like I said, I couldn't put any power through my right leg. You're right. That, I mean, I was literally one-legged uh, flight. So we, you'd try to go some technical, and you'd start going, and I'd get caught on my right leg, uh, and I couldn't, and i just there I'd was just a There was a half-mile stretch where he wrecked that I saw four times. At least. I mean, he would wreck, get on, like there was one point, I, I come up by him, and he's laid flat on his back in the weeds. He stands up, gets on his bicycle, pedals a few pedals, wrecks again. <laughs> then he got on his back on his bicycle, literally pedals one pedal stroke, and runs into a pine tree. Yeah. So and I was, I, I was out bad. Right Did there. you have um, clips on your shoes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Ran slap into a pine tree, and I and, and what was happening, the cumulative effect, I think, from me looking from the outside, the cumulative effect of you not being able to put power down, mm-hmm. uh, constantly it. wrecking, cumulative fatigue, and knowing that there were only, at this point... 10 miles. 10 miles or less left. Yeah. It started to get in your head. It did. I was sitting there, th- I mean, I was like hoping, oh, he's got 10 miles, I can just push... Yeah, roll these out. But like I said, I was like, I literally couldn't push through these technical terrains like that, and it was just as that's probably the only time the entire trip I got like. I mean, I got a little flustered there, son. Yeah, I was getting, I was getting a little pissed off. I was ready to throw that bike down the hill. <laughs> yeah, uh, start yeah. carrying that thing. Be like, well, I just walked about ten miles now. When MB ran into that pine tree, I looked at him and I said, "Look, buddy, you got to pull it together." <laughs> I said, just because we only got five miles left don't mean jack squat. You should still, we still got to treat it like we got 100 miles left because that was some dangerous trail to ride across. And, you know, that's a testament to the the way Carlos designed this course. Like, that was in in design, I think, very intentionally that really technical, gnarly trail being at the very end and forcing you to come through that on a loaded-out bike, knowing you're beat, you're tired, you're five miles from the finish, and then having to deal with that, not yeah. being able to move as fast as you want to move. It was this guy that designed this course. It, it's a masterpiece. Yeah, I mean, that had been hard enough technically on a normal bike without a load and fresh, you know, if you weren't yeah. out, so. Well, we finally get through it. We roll into uh, back into the start finish point, and there's crowds showering us with um, confetti, <laughs> people cheering and clapping, appre- really appreciating the effort that we just put in to yeah. finish this thing. Real, fe- yeah, felt huh. spe- special. Me and Chili were speculating that maybe nobody was there. <laughs> maybe they had packed up by the time y'all rolled in. Well, that's the case. There wasn't nobody. Yeah. We roll into the start finish line. <laughs> yeah, and there's literally no one there. <laughs> well, yeah, Chad. The 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 you got a finishing time. Well, we the, finished. Oh, I'm no, just, there were a no, lot of people lot of, behind us. I'm just messing with you. Yeah, there was but, a lot of people behind us. <laughs> we roll into this That's place. the way it is, man. What do you expect, a hug? No, it was, this is, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Like, a single lady that works for the park there mm-hmm. steps out of her little ranger shack <laughs> and goes, 
Good job. <laughs> Y'all got it done. <laughs> we roll on to our truck, throw our bikes in the back. We out of there. And go eat at the restaurant you recommended. Now, how was that? Okay. Decent. That's a good, that's a different little story there. Well, but it may not have been good. The first, we got to talk so about you that. recommended two of them. The first night in Ocala, we tried to go to the Harry's. That's bar, the place to go to. Grill. Okay. They had an hour and a half wait. That's where you should, that, that's where I recommended. Yeah. If so you went to that we other left place there and well, went we, to the <laughs> other place, <laughs> the, 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 the Mexican yeah, whatever yeah. food, it, it was terrible. Yeah. Right. But, this now we went there. We finished the race. We we make it to Harry's at like four p.m. and we're actually able to eat there because we beat the rush. Right, that's the place yeah, to go. So and it was a today. really good dinner, man. Well, yeah, oh, yeah. Not, yeah. That, thank you for that recommendation, yeah, sir. I have that service, you know. That's what I recommended. Yeah, thank you, you for that. You charge him for that? Oh, it was free. Dang. So I tell you what, though, I couldn't eat hardly at that restaurant. So. Riding on the bike like that, like we was talking about a little bit earlier, your hands. We didn't realize something we didn't recognize or didn't see. We didn't expect that coming. Just the the amount of pressure, right, just from grabbing them bars. Like we had no dexterity or strength in our hands. So I was grabbing that fork that knife trying to eat. I looked like a, like a caveman in there, son. Yeah. I mean, we couldn't open Ziploc bags. We couldn't manipulate fast tech buckles. You yeah, couldn't. You could barely tie your shoes. You just on, lost. I, I'm, oh, I'm dude, you. I'm dead I, serious. Was, I'm telling you, it was so bad. Uh, day four, when we stopped, right after, we stopped at a gas station. Chad went in there and got him a chocolate. I mean, he could not, he had to bring out his pocket knife to pop that little piece of plastic off the chocolate milk so he could open it. I had he to could. do everything with a pocket knife. He could, Look, he lit, I promise you. I went to charge my phone, and the little this little thing right here on the bottom of the phone to, to get to the charger, if I wanted to put my charger in my phone, I had to take my pocket knife out and pick this out to Look, get my man, charger. Y'all gonna have to essentially do, invalids. <laughs> y'all gonna have to do something harder to be that tore up. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Well, that's the story. Uh, that that's the story in a nutshell of yep. of the event we just did. I got all this stuff on video and and more than what we talked about here today. So. I'll try to find somebody to put all that together and edit up a video for you guys. And um, Oh, man, he's taking shots. We'll put it out for you guys on YouTube. It should be pretty entertaining for you guys to actually see this firsthand. Find oh, somebody who's tough and by, I can relate to it. By the way, on on day one, uh, NB bought me a Backwoods cigar. Mm. So there's plenty of scenes of me smoking that Backwoods in the Backwoods uh, in the actual there. video. Every night we got in the camp, he just sat there and... Light him up with you. <laughs> I love a good cigar. Full vagrant, son. And you got out of your sleeping bag that one night to eat yeah, a few I, puffs. We, yeah, we had laid down to go to bed, and I forgot I didn't hit a puff on my on my backwoods cigar, so I got back up and sat on the picnic table and lit it up, son. A little sipping, a little smoking. That's what Chad did. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't wait to have me a bunch of beers and smoke that cigar. Little sipping, little smoking, little riding. We left the party and it was brewery or bust. <laughs> <laughs> then we left that brewery and so we got to get to that gas station and get us one of them 40 malt liquors. <laughs> it's so good, man. It's so good, man. That's Florida living. Oh, you gotta love so it. So good. Um, so that's the story, and I just want to thank uh, I want to I want to thank 
Carlos, man, for putting this together. And I'm going to try to have him on the podcast. I'm going to try to call him and just talk to him at some point just about what he does because to put something, to, to put a route together like that when you actually ride it and it's linked, it's all linked up perfectly. You realize like, man, this dude has got, you got to have some real vision and talent to, to put something like this together of, on this scale. It, he found every piece of trail that he could possibly, like he, you would turn down trails that were in the middle of a, of a, uh, a town yeah. like went through an empty lot and he Bye-bye. found these yeah. things somehow and link to link this route up and to utilize as much green space and trail <laughs> and woods as he possibly could. Mm-hmm. And it's just a masterpiece of a creation. I couldn't imagine the time that went in to building out a route like that. Well, he's a true rider. He's a true, yeah. you know, adventure rider purist. I mean, that's, you can't do that without having experiential knowledge of everything. I mean, he's probably ridden all that so many times and then just said, well, I'm going to make this route. Yep. You know, it's pretty cool. If that's what you're passionate about, you know. It is. It's an an amazing talent. I was just totally blown away. So I'll try to get him on and and talk to him about, because this is what, it's interesting what he does for a living. And we'll talk about that again when, if we have him on the show, but. Just wanted to share that experience with you guys, and um, <sighs> well, I got one question on here for NB. Oh man, here we go. They uh, they wanted you to share your uh, creeper trail riding experience. Creeper trail, oh, and uh, in Damascus, yeah, Virginia, they said you might have took a spill up there, Jacob oh, Bunch. Oh, ja- so that's my brother, my younger brother. <laughs> so we took a good. We used to, we used to ride that ride a lot. Um, with their church and stuff. It's it's about 17, 18 miles. It's we all, rode it. It's all downhill, you know. Yeah. Well, man, we was coming up through there, and we just crossed a bridge or something, and my mom has, like, stopped right in the And I was like, I mean, I was coming hot, and so I had to lock it down, and I went over the handlebars right there, oh, <laughs> wiped man. out. Yeah, He's a little shaky on a bicycle. <laughs> well, NB's a little rigid on a, a bicycle. <laughs> you ain't supposed to be good at that. It's ridiculous. Chili, do you think you'll ever do one of these, these no, sir. races? No, sir. No? No, I'm not. I have not lost all my mental faculties I th- yet. I think you'd enjoy it. I, I, I think just the fact of like being out, like we were saying, even if you're not out there trying to push for the race, just the fact that you're out covering so much country, just living like a vagrant and just, I mean, when else are you going to lay out behind a gas station, eat some pizza? <laughs> oh, no. No, like, no. It's a good time. Like, Oh, I love it all, minus the bike. Yeah. I yeah. can do that on foot. I mean, I, I, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Dang, bicycle's stupid. Well, you couldn't you couldn't do it on foot. Unless you, you could do it no, on I foot. No, could, I could not quite do it as fast. But, no. But, but I, as bad as I am at riding, I... Me personally would run that faster. You would, but you would have to backpack it. There's so many stretches that you would go through that you could not care. You would have so much weight on you, just in fuel. Uh, oh, I could fast to, pack it. To, yeah, you would have to fast pack it. Yeah, you. I could, wouldn't have you to have no big old it. backpack, but no, I could run. But I couldn't help but think about <laughs> you and Blake while we were out there, um, 
Even though I know you if guys you are tread the, If you want to tread this ground, you, you're gonna get you're gonna get hammered. He here. thought them swamps was rough, <laughs> didn't he? If, if you want to tra- go ahead, uh, but but just know what's coming to you. If you want to go ahead and g- say this, so go ahead. I, like even though I'm taking in the cons- you gonna get the cold depths of hell come out of me and freaking <laughs> light you up if you want to say this. So go ahead. I, I do acknowledge the fact that you and Blake are retired from doing hard, challenging things and. You know, getting out of your comfort zone and, and, you know, learning new skills and pushing yourself. I acknowledge the fact that you guys are retired from doing those types of activities and um, that you mainly just kind of, you know, just float through life now. But uh, I couldn't help but think of how much you guys would have enjoyed this event. So I think next year, uh, the, the Hurricane 300 it's just going to be mandatory fun. It's going to be Team PT. Mm. Uh, don't worry, I'll pay for your bicycle and all your gear, Chili. I'll buy your whole setup for you. And it's just going to be mandatory fun next year. <laughs> so go ahead and start training. Pick your bike out. I'll have you. Just buy it on the credit card. I'll, uh, I'll, t- I'll just say this. <clears throat> I'll, en- I'll enjoy watching you think that we're going to do that. That'll be fun. It's I'll enjoy happen. that. It's going to happen. Well, we had, me and Blake, I don't know about you guys, but you didn't seem to PT this morning. Me and Blake had Weenie Hut PT. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, that's what we call it now. The, the, the Weenie Hut version of PT. <laughs> Tell the people about Team PT this morning. Yeah, we, uh, me and Blake went on about a f- five-mile run, roughly. Something like Hold that. on, it was seven miles earlier. Yeah, Blake called it seven. seven. He's, a bit, he's a bit exaggeratory. Anything, if it's over a 10K, it's out of the weenie hut. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, we had to dial it down. Yeah, so, no, that's um, that's basically what we're going to do. Team Pete, instead of, you know, going to the CrossFit gym and, you know, playing around like a pansy in there and then going to Doug's for uh, breakfast, Weenie Hut PT uh, does very short runs, um, shake weight, exercises and we eat at bojangles after um so well that's what we do so if you'd like to join us you can but i know you're a you're a you're a real tough guy yeah you know and you like to do things more challenging he and hit them hills down in florida now you've got to give him some credit which, which well, that, that that leads me to something i want he's to watched see. so many david goggins videos he's gotten <laughs> he's, he's got i'm inspired he's, he's gotten he's gotten this weird mindset where like Whenever it gets cold at night, he just goes out and runs shirtless and <laughs> yeah. and starts filming it. I'm, and he sends them to me, and I'm like, dude, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about this. I well, do my own thing, man. You keep doing this. You know, which you know, I, I just really want to take a moment to thank uh, Chili and Blake live on the air because, um, you know, for me to g- be able to go out and do challenging awesome things in life there has to be people that stay in the rear with the gear you know it was the same way in the seal teams for me to be able to go out and do awesome missions i know there has to be people who are willing to stay in the rear with the gear and take care of the admin and you know just do stuff like that and I'm thankful for you guys being that per being those people for me and <laughs> enabling me to do things that really challenge and inspire others. Because if it wasn't for you guys, I mean, 
I wouldn't be able to do this type of stuff. So well, yeah, I mean, our selflessness permits your selfishness. So <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's an honor for us, really. Yeah. So I wanted to throw that out there just as a thank you. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome. You've been full time assault force ever since, ever since you got this operation running, and you know it's pretty funny what that's devolved to. Yeah, <laughs> we've devolved to, you know, drinking beer on a trail. <laughs> We've do we've devolved to drinking beer in a trail on Florida and saying it's hard. <laughs> so if that's what the assault force is, you can have it. Hey, is there any way that this would have not been hard? Do you think he would have ever uh, came back? And well, no. And said, if him and Noah both came through with this and were like, "Well, that was kind of easy," they'd be like, "Well, it ain't gonna be when we tell it." <laughs> Listen, this is how the ride home went. No, I know that wasn't that bad, man. But we got to talk about this like it was a serious deal. Let's. let's oh no, it was hard. Yeah. I promise you, it was hard. Um. So all that being said. I will continue to do things to um, challenge you guys as viewers and inspire you guys and create awesome content for you guys to uh, to watch and learn from. I'll continue to do those things. Uh, I'm dedicated to that. You know, that's what I do. Up next but, is a 2,000-mile car ride in my Land Cruiser. But, <laughs> oh. Call don't, that an endurance don't, drive. Don't you guys don't forget the people behind the scenes like Blake and Chili. And even though they're not really doing anything that's really difficult or challenging, um they are they are part of making all this happen. So you guys you viewers don't forget that, okay? So send them a thank you. They they need that. They need a thank you for what they actually do. So. Well, are you done bloviating? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the show today. We'll we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming next week. Um, back to it. We did it today. <laughs> well, this was kind of a special episode re oh. recapping the race, you know. So, any any other questions from YouTube? We had a super chat, $2, AJC and Sons Forge. Well, thank you. He said he'd like to send Chad a handmade knife because he's the coolest guy ever, and he just does really hard things and just a big inspiration. Asked for our P.O. box, so I'll just put it out here on the live. Yeah, box. AJC? Yeah, AJC and Sons Forge. He said Chad was the coolest guy so ever? Much, he didn't say all that, but oh. I, I, I added that. But. Well, I was fixing to say, you need to, uh, if, you, if you make him a handmade knife, you need to, Make it where he can open it without the use of another pocket knife because yeah, he he's, true. <laughs> he has no use of his hands right now. So, so our P.O. Box, AJC and Sons, if you want to send one, is P.O. Box 301, Aragon, Georgia, zip code 30104. Well, I'll, I'll finish up this podcast just to share with you guys what I read in Scripture this morning uh, because you guys... I think you guys enjoy hearing from Scripture, which I love. I was just reading in Hebrews this morning, and it's interesting to think about why did what was the point in God, the creator of the universe, coming down to the earth and being in human flesh? 
it's interesting to think about why did that have to happen, right? Um, and Paul, I think, explains it beautifully in Hebrews chapter 2. You should go and read the whole chapter when you get a chance. And I'll read that to you, and we'll just talk through it for just a minute. In verse 16, it says, For verily he, that's Jesus Christ, God in flesh, took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham, man, flesh. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, us, human beings, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to aid them, that's us, that are being tempted. The reason that God took on human form in the body being Jesus Christ here on earth is so that he could truly know and understand, if you want to say understand, but truly know and go through the same temptation to sin that we as humans go through And having that human experience as God in flesh, having that human experience allows him to be the ultimate high priest and the one that has mercy on us, literally makes intercession for us in forgiving us for the sins that we live in and, and commit here in this human experience. He, God relates to humanity. Jesus relates to humanity on a whole nother level because he was human for a span of time. That's why it worked out that way. And I think Paul just, sums it up beautifully in Hebrews, but I think it's a weird concept when you, when, you, when you do ask yourself that question, why did God take on human flesh? It's because he wanted to experience the same temptations that we experience as humans in the flesh. As he became our high priest, he can literally relate to the day-to-day life and temptation that every human experiences. That's pretty daggone cool. That's pretty cool. Come up with a better thing than that. I'd like to hear it. That's your scripture for today. Anybody else got anything? I'm good. Well, screw you guys then. (laughs) Enough said.